Igor Shesterkin, Artemi Panarin, and Adam Fox all represent the New York Rangers at the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. In today's episode, we're going to break down their performances, talk a little bit about the All-Star Game festivities as a whole, including the skills competition, and also going to discuss the Rangers' decision to recall both Sammy Blay and Will Cooley uh, from the Hartford Wolfpack to rejoin the New York Rangers. It certainly looks like both players will be back on the New York Ranger roster uh, prior to Monday night's game against the Calgary Flames, and obviously a very nice breath of fresh air that we get back to some New York Ranger hockey. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 765 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And yeah, we got a very special uh, Sunday morning edition here of Locked On New York Rangers. Obviously, the uh, All-Star Game festivities happened yesterday, Saturday, and we also had the skills competitions on Friday. In general, you know, I'm kind of have some mixed feelings about, you know, the entire thing. I, I mean, for starters, I think everything kind of drags a little bit too long. The skills competition doesn't need to be three hours. The NHL All-Star Game does not need to be uh, more than three hours. We'll get to all that in due time. Um, but I, I will say, one of the craziest things I saw the entire weekend and one of the most impressive things I saw the entire weekend, you know, P.K. Subban was out there on a rink. He's an analyst now. And he made it through the entire weekend without slew-footing anybody. So give credit to P.K. Subban for that. Uh, you know, we'll start with the skills competition. A lot of the things are, are things that you see every year. You know, hardest shot and fastest skater and the shooting accuracy. They're all tried and true and all, you know, reasonably entertaining events to watch. Uh, they've also, in recent years, tried to come up with some themed events. I, I think I liked the ones in Vegas uh, last year more so uh, than the ones they did in Florida this year. But, you know, they were fine. As far as the winners, you know, Andrei Svechikov is your fastest skater. Uh, you had Kel McCarr wiping out and falling to the ice during this, so uh, that was great. That's the guy, by the way, that all the Avalanche fans try telling us is better than Adam Fox. Yeah, come on. Um, so anyway, uh, Ovechkin Crosby, they were out there uh, with Alex Ovechkin's son for the uh, breakaway challenge. That was pretty cool, you know, kind of a nice moment, and uh, naturally the judges uh, had them win the competition. I, I don't think you're going to uh, vote against, you know, a young child, uh, you know, participating in a competition like that. Uh, you know, you had David Passerock doing this, weird Happy Gilmore reenactment. And Happy Gilmore, man, that, that's probably like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I think it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is one of those things that probably sounded cooler and funnier and more unique than what it turned out on the ice. But I mean, they tried. I, I guess give them a couple of points for trying, give them a couple of points for uh, some creativity, thinking outside the box. Uh, you know, the Kachucks did a whole thing. I don't even know how to explain it. You just have to look it up yourself. Um, you had Brock Nelson winning the shooting accuracy. He beat Artemi Panarin. Uh, Elias Pettersson, the hardest shot at 103.2 miles per hour. Saros and Hellebuck, they won the Tendi tandem. Igor and Soroka ended up coming in last place in that event. You had this uh, dunk tank shot thing at the beach that they also did. So again, you know, trying to fit the theme. It's Florida. There's a bunch of beaches. You do a dunk tank. Uh, again, harmless fun. Um, wasn't exactly appointment television, but it was fine. Uh, the one that I liked the most, though, I think was the hockey golf thing where 
you know, they had to tee off with uh, a hockey stick. They were on a golf course and, you know, shoot, you know, uh, basically a puck. It wasn't like a real puck. It was like a disc. They had to shoot it uh, toward the green. And then once they got to the green, they replaced them with golf balls and he had to uh, putt into the net. And uh, Johnny Goodrow actually uh, birdied, excuse me. Um, So good for him. He won that competition. Very nice. Um, But yeah, I mean, the skills competition, like I said, it's kind of just mindless fun. I had no issues with it uh, for what it was. I don't think it's something that, you know, a lot of people are going to feel the need to just lock into for three hours every year. And that's something else that, you know, I alluded to in the intro. I think you got to tighten this up a little bit if you're the NHL. There's no reason the NHL skills competition needs to be, I would say, longer than two hours, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, some of these things are pre-taped. And so that being the case, just edit them a little bit tighter and, you know, get everybody in there, get everybody out of there. There doesn't need to be all this time between all the events. Keep things rolling, you know, be aware of the pacing and be aware of the fact that, you know, you might have some new eyeballs on this uh, product. You know, there might be some casual fans watching this and you got to keep them entertaining and keep everything moving along here. And uh, at times, you know, I I think it just drags a little bit too much, especially the skills competition. Um, There's no reason for that, especially when things are pre-taped, but also the NHL All-Star Game. We're going to talk about that aspect of it um, in just a second. As far as, you know, just general thoughts on the All-Star Game, look, it's cool to see all these amazing players on the same rink. And something that I really like is, you know, you really do have hockey fans traveling from far and wide to be at the NHL All-Star Game. The fact that it's in Florida uh, certainly, I think, did not hurt. I think there's probably a lot of people, you know, up here, certainly in the Northeast, that are trying to get away from this cold weather. It was negative six here in Connecticut the other day. So uh, I get the appeal of, you know, traveling to see a hockey game, and in this case, the All-Star Game. And one thing that's really cool is like, you know, they'll show a camera shot in the concourse and they'll show all these different fans. And man, you got like a jersey from every different team. It's like all the colors of the rainbow. Everybody's represented. It's pretty neat to see that. You don't, there aren't too many environments where you're going to see like, you know, this many different hockey fans wearing this many different colored jerseys. So that's just kind of a cool visual. And like I said, it is cool that, you know, so many different fans venture to, you know, wherever the All-Star game might be happening and, uh, you know, just checking it out. Um, it's funny watching the All-Star game in general, though. Like, anytime a goal is scored, it's like players don't really know how to react because obviously there's not a lot of resistance. It's three-on-three, of course, so nobody's really playing any defense. Nobody's playing with any physicality. Uh, The goalies are not particularly trying very hard. So, you know, players score, and it's just kind of like, okay, cool, yeah, fist bump. All right, we got one. Um, So, again, it's it's not the kind of hockey that we're used to seeing for one time a year. I am happy to tune into the NHL All-Star game just for something a little bit different and, you know— like you guys, I'm so into these Ranger games, and I want to see them win, and I'm so locked into everything that's happening. So, you know, the NHL All-Star Game, and even the skills competition, too, it's kind of just a, an opportunity to watch a certain form of hockey and just kind of shut your brain off for a little while and and not take it too seriously. Uh, the one thing, though, that I have to call it the NHL for, and I've kind of been, uh, you know, mentioning this throughout the first, you know, portion of this, this episode here, but the pacing is just awful. I'm sorry. you, you got to find a way to keep things moving along here. There's too much time between the games. And for anybody that's not familiar uh, with how the NHL does things at the All-Star game, it's now broken into four different All-Star teams. You have uh, all four divisions are represented. They play uh, three-on-three the entire time. So basically NHL overtime rules. And uh, you have one semifinal the two Western Conference divisions. The other semifinal is the two Eastern Conference divisions. And the two winners of those games uh, play in the championship game. So you get three different games. Every game is, uh, you get two periods that are both 10 minutes long. So 20 minutes total for every game. 
but there's just way too much time between the games themselves. Uh, so, you know, I understand there's advertising commitments. You got to get the Zamboni out there, make sure everybody's safe, nobody gets hurt, all that good stuff. But you had a situation where between the first semifinal game ended and the second semifinal game began, 24 minutes. 24 minutes of just, you know, Messier and Chelios and Steve Levy and P.K. Subban just sitting around and talking in circles and, you know, just, you know, random shots of the crowd. And then you had a situation where, you know, the the mascot shot off some confetti, and so that delayed everything even longer. Get this thing going, man. Like I said a second ago, you have a chance here of maybe having some very casual hockey fans. You know, there's not really any sports happening uh, in the middle of the day on Saturday, which is when this occurred. So, you know, there's no football, college or pro. Baseball hasn't started yet. There was basketball games, but that was only at night. So this is really the only sports thing going on. And you have a chance, you know, maybe some very casuals are tuning in. They're not going to stick around, man. They're not going to stick around and wait, you know, for these analysts to talk for 24 minutes about what's happening in an all-star game. You got to keep things moving here if you're trying to grow this sport, if you're trying to get some new fans. So I really got to call the NHL out for that. Um, It just, you know... (laughs) 24 minutes and then an even longer delay because, you know, the mascot shooting off the confetti. It's not exactly riveting television, and it's not the kind of thing that's going to convince uh, casual fans to stick around. Then it got worse. You had the second semifinal game. You know, that finally started, and it ended, and I timed it. 33 minutes between the end of the second semifinal game and the start of the championship game. I'm as big a hockey fan as you'll find. Even I didn't want to stick around for that. I was getting tired of it and, uh, you know, was wondering if it was ever going to start. You had a musical performance. You know, Fall Out Boy was there. And, you know, they're fine. I'm, I'm kind of neutral on Fall Out Boy. I, I don't love them. I don't hate them. They did fine for their performance or whatever. But I've always thought about this. And I know that, you know, obviously I play a song at the start of this episode and, you know, the NHL or any sport really will try to work in some music into the presentation. Obviously, the Super Bowl every year, it's a big thing who's going to perform at halftime. So I get it. But I will just say this. When I go to a concert, and I've been to plenty of concerts, I have never once seen a situation where they stop the concert for 10 or 20 minutes to watch a 10 or 20 minute hockey game, you know, off to the side or whatever it might be. So I don't know. I just don't know that this needs to happen. And yeah, Fall Out Boy, you know, they've obviously got a following, and maybe there were people that tuned in just to see them and stuck around for a little bit of the hockey as well, so I get that. There's also some people that don't care at all about Fall Out Boy and didn't feel like sitting through a musical performance to get to the championship game of an All-Star game. So, I don't know. I just feel like the pacing has to be a lot better. It has to be faster. You gotta, when one of these games ends, you gotta do everything you can to get the next one started as quick as you possibly can, or you're gonna lose these casual fans that might have just tuned in for a couple of minutes. You've got a couple of minutes to, to grab them and get them to stick around, and maybe even have them watch some regular season games after this. And I just don't think the NHL is aware enough of that, how crucial this is. Like, if I'm going to try to get, uh, you know, a friend who's not into hockey into hockey, I don't think I would pick the All-Star game because it's not real hockey. Everybody's in slow motion out there and everybody's just kind of goofing around. But I can also see the appeal of seeing all the star players together all at once. So there might be, like I said, casuals that tune in for that you got one chance to grab these people and get them to stick around and get them to become potentially lifelong fans in some instances. And I just feel like the NHL drops the ball with things like that. And I feel like this was no exception either. The games themselves were fine. Like I said, I was reasonably, if you don't take it too seriously, you can be reasonably entertained by the NHL All-Star game. And I was, but you know, the presentation just was not what it needed to be, in my opinion, uh, from the NHL. Uh, so we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. But first, I do want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by 
Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 about eight months ago or nine months ago, somewhere in there, because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And, you know, there's just one more point that I want to make about the All-Star Game in general before we you know, kind of take a look at some of the highlights from the game. I mean, I'm not going to break them down in great detail, but we'll talk about the Rangers a little bit and maybe just one or two highlights from, you know, all three of the games that were played. Um, but this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. So, first of all, this whole four-division thing, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I, it just, it's strange. I would just do East versus West and maybe even do five-on-five five hockey. Maybe they feel like three-on-three three is more exciting, a tournament's more exciting. I, I can see that side of it, too, so I'm not going to go crazy about that. But I don't think that every single NHL team needs a representative. When you look at uh, how this is set up, you've got four teams with not a lot of players on them, you know, and if you make it that every team has to have at least one representative, that's eight players right there, and then you only have three spots left open uh, for anybody else from that division. So to me, if a team is having a terrible season and nobody on that team stands out in any meaningful way, they don't need to be an all-star. Save that spot for somebody else on a good team who's actually earned it. I don't know if, if people agree or disagree there. I know different sports do it different ways. Um, MLB, for example, has been doing it that way forever. You have to have at least one representative from every single team. Uh, the NFL, the la- I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in years. The last I checked, they don't do it that way, but I'm not sure if that's changed recently. And uh, you guys would have to let me know about the NBA because I just frankly don't watch basketball. Um, but as far as the All-Star game itself, yeah, I mean, the format three versus three, you get the 10-minute periods, two periods per game. They've been using this format since 2016. Uh, you had the Central beating the Pacific in the first semifinal. Um, again, you know, it's nice to see these really talented players. You know, Nathan McKinnon scores the first goal. Kaprizov ties the game for the Pacific. Uh, these are phenomenal players, and they're guys that, you know, as Ranger fans, we don't get to see them as much as maybe we would even like to. You know, I'll, I'll catch another hockey game occasionally if I can, but uh, for the most part, I'm not seeing these players uh, unless their team is playing the New York Rangers. And, um, you know, they mentioned uh, in this game, I, I got to tie this into the Rangers somehow here. So they said that there has not been a power play in the All-Star game since 2016, which makes sense because guys aren't defending. Nobody's hooking or holding or tripping or anything like that. Uh, apparently, though, there was a penalty shot awarded in 2019. And as soon as I hear that, I think 
of the all-star save that Mike Richter made against Pavel Borey, the all-star game save. And then later that season, uh, obviously, they, they meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. You've got Game 4 between the Rangers and the Canucks in Vancouver. Uh, Rangers up 2-1 to one in the series. Canucks up 2-1 to one in that game. Pavel Borey gets a, uh, a penalty shot and goes with pretty much the same move that he went with against Richter in the All-Star game that season. And Richter just makes a fantastic save, uh, kicks out his right pad. One of those iconic moments uh, for the Rangers championship run that year. And of course, the Rangers came back to win that game, take a 3-1 lead in the series, made it interesting, and then won in Game 7. But yeah, I mean, just want to, like I said, tie it into the Rangers a little bit. And uh, it did, it genuinely did make me think of that when they mentioned that, you know, there was a power play, uh, there were no power plays, and then there was a penalty shot uh, in 2019. Another funny thing is that Pedersen would have had a hat trick in this game if not for a game uh, goal that was overturned. I don't think we really need to be reviewing goals in the All-Star game. That's just me. I mean, you guys might have a different opinion, but to me, like I said, just keep everything moving along. It's the All-Star game. Nobody cares. Everybody's having fun. Keep everything rolling. Don't don't slow things down to do a review when it's just an exhibition and the players are just goofing around anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the first semifinal game. Like I said, the uh, Central wins that one 6-4. to four. You get Metro versus the Atlantic. So uh, we got the Rangers out there. Igor Shosturkin, you know, he's representing the Rangers. Really is crazy that he did not make the team uh, last year, the all-star team, that is. Uh, you know, obviously, look, he's having a phenomenal season this year. Uh, he was that much better last year when he was putting up just video game numbers, did not make the team. Kreider was there for the Rangers, and they mentioned that Adam Fox, and I had forgotten about this, was going to play in the game last year, but he sat it out due to, you know, a minor injury. Obviously, if you've got anything wrong with you, you know, you're not going to push it and play in an all-star game because it is a meaningless exhibition. Um, but nice to see Adam Fox getting to partake in the uh, festivities this year. And then, of course, Artemi Panarin uh, was out there, too. Former Ranger Kevin Hayes was uh, the Flyers' representative. I'm, I'm sure John Tortorella was probably upset about the fact that he couldn't scratch Hayes for this game, but uh, good for Kevin Hayes making it. Obviously, the Flyers are not having a good season, but uh, Hayes, you know, putting up at least some respectable numbers, uh, you know, for the Flyers and getting rewarded by being sent to the All-Star game. Uh, as far as, you know, highlights from this game, you know, again, it's it's a it's a meaningless exhibition. Nobody's playing any defense. We know all that. Uh, Igor gave up two goals on the first two shots that he faced. And I will say, the only thing that would bother me in an all-star game as far as, you know, what the Rangers do is if somebody gets hurt. And I couldn't have been the only Ranger fan who watched this game that got pretty nervous. Igor came out of the crease. You know, he's playing the puck and doing what he does, right? Probably, I mean, it's the all-star game. He's probably looking to have some fun and just, you know, come out of the crease and make a pass down the rink. But... You know, a player on the opposing team was stealing the puck away from him, and Igor kind of fell to the ice awkwardly. His leg kind of bent back, and, you know, I haven't heard or seen anything as far as, you know, an injury or anything like that. Thank God. Thank God he's okay or, or would certainly seem to be okay. Uh, but that was obviously a heart-stopping moment there. Uh, you've got Artemi Panarin. He ends up with three assists in this game. Igor stops five of nine shots, which is not a good percentage, obviously. But once again, you know, nobody's really going full bore here, and uh, teams are scoring on a much higher percentage of their shots in an all-star game than obviously they would in the regular season. So uh, Igor stops five of nine and Adam Fox had an assist as well for Panarin. Uh, all three of his assists were primary assists to Johnny Gaudreau. What the first one was absolutely beautiful. You know, Panarin kind of uh, sold that he was going to go in and shoot and just kind of made a no look pass to his left, got it to Gaudreau and Gaudreau tapped it in and uh, he scored the goal there. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, the, uh, the Metro Division falls to 
the Atlantic. The Atlantic wins the game 10-6. to Would have been nice to see the Rangers keep going, but by that same token, after Igor fell down, I'm like, you know what? Just get these guys off the ice. It's an exhibition game. It's just an all-star game. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's get out of here and get ready to go uh, for the second half of the NHL season. As far as the championship game, you got the Atlantic beating the Central 7-5. to Dylan Larkin with a hat trick. And um, like I said, you know, if, if you just don't take the All-Star game too too seriously, uh, it can be at least a somewhat enjoyable watch. But I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for New York Ranger hockey. I like the fact that the All-Star game is only once a year. Any more than that, I don't think I would tune in. Um, but I think we're all getting uh, pretty excited for some Ranger hockey here. The Rangers were playing pretty well going into the break. Obviously, they... Uh, you know, got five out of a possible six points in their last three games, took down the Vegas Golden Knights in, in very convincing fashion as well, and uh, looking forward to the Monday night matchup against the Calgary Flames. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Uh, talk a little bit about Will Cooley and Sammy Blay, seemingly both set to uh, rejoin the Rangers here, and we will do that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so Rangers, like I said, getting geared up to play a Calgary Flames team that I might as well mention this right now. It's going to be a big game for the Flames. Every game for the foreseeable future is going to be uh, pretty much enormous for the Calgary Flames because they are currently tied with the Colorado Avalanche for the second wild card. Uh, in the Western Conference, a.k.a. the final playoff spot. So you got to figure they're going to come out ready to go, playing with some urgency, playing with some intensity. Rangers need to be ready as well. they got to match that and even surpass that. And really, the fact that this team was off for nine days, there's there's no excuse not to. Everybody should be fresh and ready to go. I understand, you know, maybe there's a little bit of rust that comes with that, but let's just keep our fingers crossed that the Rangers, you know, find their game sooner rather than later, hit the ground running, and uh, play like the team that they were playing like. Uh, right before the All-Star break happened. And of course, for the Rangers, it was a longer break than everybody else. They had like an additional four days off there for uh, some unknown reason, but those are the quirks of the NHL schedule. So as I mentioned, we've got Will Cooley. He has been recalled uh, from the Hartford Wolfpack, and Sammy Blay has been recalled from his conditioning assignment with the Hartford Wolfpack. And uh, with Blay, it's interesting because when he was, you know, I was going to say sent down. I mean, technically, it's a conditioning assignment, to me, it kind of felt like a little bit of a loophole that the Rangers were using there to try to get Sammy Blaze some confidence, trying to get him going a little bit in the AHL, and also have the opportunity to call up Will Cooley. Now, of course, they'll both be on the team. Uh, but Blay, an interesting tidbit, he was still counting against the Rangers' salary cap while he was down there. That's part of the... Uh, the territory as far as a conditioning assignment is concerned, that player still counts against the salary cap. But as some of you might be aware, and um, those of you who are not aware of what Sammy Blay did with the Hartford Wolfpack, you should probably sit down right now um, because he played five games with the Wolfpack, 
He scored four goals. You heard that correctly. Sammy Blay, in five games with the Hartford Wolfpack, scored four goals. He currently has zero goals in 52 games as a member of the New York Rangers. So good for him. Um, as far as, you know, the conditioning assignment or whatever you want to call it, whether you think the conditioning assignment label is a technicality or not, uh, it seems like his brief stint in the AHL may have done wonders for Sammy Blay and may have done wonders for his confidence. Look, I don't expect him to come back up here and, you know, slide into a top six role. I mean, hey, let's not give them any ideas, right? The way players move up and down this lineup, uh, let's not give them any ideas. But if he could just play his physical brand of hockey, which you know he will do, uh, and just contribute a little bit offensively from time to time, uh, maybe he found his skating in the AHL a little bit. Um, you know, at times it looks like he's really been struggling in that department as well. I think that has a lot to do with the injury that he sustained uh, last season. But uh, hopefully Sammy Blake, Sammy Blake excuse me, can come back up here and uh, be at least a somewhat productive player, bring something to the table. You know, let us see something other than hitting. We know he'll hit, but we got to see something, you know, a little bit better skating. Um, you know, that that shot, we, we think that Sammy Blake has a good shot, but we just don't get to see it very often. And obviously... Um, whether he has a good shot or not, it hasn't resulted in any goals uh, during his New York Ranger tenure. And as for Will Cooley, he was scratched from a recent Wolfpack game, the most recent game. And so you kind of connect the dots. I mean, there's no real reason to do that unless he's getting prepared to be called back up to the New York Rangers. And that appears to be the case. Um, given the fact that it's more crowded than usual on the Rangers, because they're now going to be carrying 23 players instead of 22 I mean, you know Libor Hayek is going to be the healthy scratch for the defenseman as far as the forwards. I would think probably Kravtsov will probably still be a healthy scratch. And then that leaves it down to Blay or Cooley. I feel like they might give Sammy Blay the first crack at it and then give Will Cooley the second game. And I also get the feeling that, you know, I know coaches sometimes like to stick with the same lineup if, you know, the team wins, if they're coming off of a win. I get the feeling that we might see Sammy Blay play in one of those two games and Will Cooley play in the other one, regardless of how everything goes. That's just kind of a gut feeling here. I, I think maybe they'll give them both a chance, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, who, who's to say for sure? There's an ongoing battle in the bottom six, and particularly the fourth line, as far as, you know, opportunities to get into this Ranger lineup and stick there. And, and guys like Will Cooley, Sammy Blay, Kraftsoff, they're all going to have to bring it if, if they want to remain in this lineup. So I'm very, very curious to see how that plays out. Uh, we'll see what the Rangers do with the trade deadline as well. Maybe some of those guys kind of just get naturally squeezed out of the lineup if the Rangers do add, you know, a, a couple of forwards uh, at or near the trade deadline this season. A couple other little uh, tidbits here before we call it a day. 2024 NHL All-Star Game will be held in Toronto. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they would do as far as, you know, you got to figure they'll they'll have some of those themed events. They probably have to keep everything indoors because, I mean, if it's negative six in Connecticut right now, I don't even want to know what the temperature is in Toronto. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out next year. But uh, obviously, you know, a good hockey city and a good fan base as well. So we'll see how everything goes there in one year's time. And uh, yeah, Rangers going to be back in action, like I said, against the Flames on Monday night at 7.30. Can't wait to watch that game. Can't wait to come back here and talk about it in the next episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Something else that was kind of interesting, uh, discussion that came out of the uh, NHL All-Star break, uh, Sidney Crosby and a couple of other players as well, they were talking about the idea of returning to a 1-8 through eight system when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm completely in favor of that. I don't know why it was ever changed in the first place. I think part of the reason they change it is it guarantees a couple more uh, divisional matchups in the first round, really the first two rounds, but I don't think that's necessary. And and the reason why Crosby and a couple of the other players um, were, were voicing their opinion to move it back to one, verse, one through eight seating is because 
it better rewards uh, the better teams in the NHL. If you finish like first or second, then you're automatically going up against, you know, the one seed or the eight seed where, you know, with the divisions, everything can be a little bit skewed. Um, you know, there could be two wild cards from one division and then one of those wild cards goes to the other division. It's just a whole mess right now. It's overly complicated. There's no real reason for it. And as far as like ensuring division matchups, I mean, hey, division matchups are great. I don't think it needs to be forced. You know, if you say finish third in the Eastern Conference, then you play the sixth seed, and maybe that's a, a big-time division rival that you're going up against, or maybe that's a team from the other division, and it's not a division rivalry, and I think both are fine. It's luck of the draw. It's just kind of the fairest way to do it, and I don't know. I, to me, it's one of those situations where the NHL tried to fix something that wasn't broke. I love the one through eight system, and uh, I would certainly certainly be in favor of uh, the NHL going back to that, but we shall see. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. The only other thing I want to mention real quick is I just want to thank you guys very much for sticking with Lockdown New York Rangers. We had nine straight days with no Ranger hockey. And despite that, um, you know, it looks like actually the, the viewership and the listenership was actually up a little bit during this time period. So really, really appreciate you guys sticking with me. Obviously, you got to get a little bit creative in terms of what you talk about when you go this long without, um, you know, any, any Ranger games. But I'm glad the break is over. Hopefully you guys are as well. Hopefully you guys are ready to go. Hopefully the Rangers are ready to go. Very much looking forward to uh, this matchup against uh, what should be a desperate Calgary Flames team. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.